Ladies and gentlemen, you might hear a little somber in our voice, or at least in mine to start. Um, welcome in to another episode of In the Tank. I'm Aiden Pearson, joined by Matt Germain. As always, we're here to break down this past series against Boston and preview against New York. Matt, that was an abysmal performance. Yeah, it wasn't what I expected. Let's put it that way. I don't think it's what anyone expected. Real quick, in case you weren't watching for some odd reason, 11 to 2, they dropped the first one. 6 to 5 in extras, they lose the second one. And then 9 to 2, they dropped the third one in Boston. Rays have lost now four straight after coming out of the gate hot against Miami, uh, winning the first two of the season. Matt, your initial reaction to this series? Well, how they come out of the series and how they react against the Yankees is going to tell us a lot about the team and, and the season in general, I think, because now they're at, at a kind of a crossroads. They can either go keep going down this path or they can turn it around with, you know, a, what would be honestly a surprising start. If, if Rich Hill can actually go in there and, uh, and win the first game against the Yankees, well, all of a sudden it alleviates a lot of pressure team can actually turn it around but my initial thought is that there's a lot to work through there's there's some positives to build on and hopefully that allows them to round out the roster better coming towards the middle to end of the month yeah and i i agree with that completely with you uh let's go ahead and just jump into that first game i mean there's it, it was tough um first game Rays drop 11 to 2 on monday Pavetta with the win, Walker with the loss, two runs, an RBI, um, pardon me, a run scored by a Rosarena, as well as Sutsugo scoring runs. A Rosarena went two for three on the day. Not a great game at all. Michael Walker, five innings, gave up four earned runs, five total runs, eight hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Then came in Chris Mazza, two and two-thirds innings, seven hits, six runs, all of them earned a walk and two strikeouts, and gave up a home run. Springs came in and finished out that game. On the other side, Nick Pavetta looked strong, only giving up two hits over five innings, walked four but struck out four. Matt Andrees, former Ray, coming in, giving up the two runs. He he also struck out two. Hernandez came in, f- gave up two walks in a third of an inning. Ottavino pitched a third of an inning, and then Valdez pitched the last inning. Matt, what's going on with this team? So the, the first thought is that was the most frustrating game to watch the lineup go through. And, and what I mean is that they had an opportunity to jump on Pavetta early and they let it go. And then they never were a threat from then on. And if you're not going to put a pressure on a pitcher like Pavetta, who's, you know, to be quite honest, has altered his stuff so much year to year that it's like facing a new pitcher. So I'm not going to, you know, uh, put too much uh, on the raise on that front. Any, anytime you're seeing a new pitcher or a new repertoire for the first time, you can struggle. And that's what I think happened to the race, but they've got to be better at, at generating runs and at capitalizing on those things. That's something they did a little bit better towards the end of the series or in the middle. But uh, that was a, such a worrying game for that. <laughs> it really was. That game was also the game that we saw Kevin Kiermeyer go down. Uh, in Boston there. I mean, Matt, I, I hate to say that this way, but I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked the fact that he's hurt. That man is made of glass. I know we talk about the Yankees all the time, being injured all the time, but Kiermaier is the Yankees of the Rays, always hurt. Uh, at what point do you just say it's enough? Well, 
I'm pretty sure his contract is insured. So you never say <laughs> it's enough because the, the Rays are, you know, cashing in on him being injured because now they get to claim some of that against the insurance. But um, I think they, they've always had that plan. That's why Brett Phillips is still a part of this team because he's the backup plan in center field. If, if KK happens to be hurt for an extended period of time. And like, I think a lot of people were saying on Twitter, you're actually getting an improvement in the lineup when KK isn't around. So it's not like it's going to be disastrous. I'm curious that they haven't taken a, a longer look at guys like Randy Rosarena in center. They had Manuel Margot in there, but sooner or later, they're, they're going to have to make a move. That's part of why I, I kind of threw some things out there on Twitter. We'll get into before uh, we let go of today. Yeah. And I think, you know, the lineup is just struggling and we're not going to break down every game of the series. You guys saw how it ended. I mean, the heartbreaker and extra innings. The here's one thing I'm going to, I'm going to go on a rant here real quick, Matt. And here's a problem I have with Rays fans on Twitter. Okay. And I'm sorry if I offend anyone with this rant, you guys, the game before when Randy made an amazing catch, were praising him. Great defender. Great job. Then he takes a bad route to the ball and you're calling him the worst defender in the league. Like, come on, Rays fans. Let's let's take a step back. Realize he just made a defensive play. I'm sorry. Yes, we're so used to having Kiermaier or Margot. But the fact of the matter is there are times where Kiermaier takes a bad route to the ball. There are times where every defender takes a bad route to the ball. Sure, it came in an important moment. But the fact of the matter is let's not sit here as fans and criticize what Randy Arozarena is doing because he took one bad route to the ball. So far this season, in my opinion, he's one of two guys who right now is producing. He is one of two guys who are producing. I mean, you want to look at the stats real quick. You've got Randy Arozarena hitting 300 and you've got Manuel Margot hitting 300. Those are the two of the only guys who are producing. So if you're really going to criticize Randy Arozarena like that, I think you need to take a look and say, look, he just made one of the greatest defensive plays this season and he took a bad route to the ball, and now we're going to call him a washed-up defender. Come on, guys. Get get your head on straight. I didn't sorry. see any of the calls uh, for that, but uh, I would add that Joey Wendell and, and uh, Francisco Mejia have been two highlight guys as well this year so far. I expect and, some, some good things out of them. And I absolutely love it. Don't get me wrong. I am in love with what both of them are doing. Joey Wendell, 16 at-bats. He's hitting 250, struck him out five times, five RBIs. He's got a homer. He's got a double, four hits. He's hitting the ball great. You want to look at Mejia as well. Only nine at-bats. He's gotten three hits in those nine at-bats. He's got a double in an RBI. He's hitting 333 on the season. Mejia was the one, in my opinion, Mejia and Rosarena were the two bright spots of this series. Right. And you have, well, you had uh, Joey Wendell coming up with, like, the, the hits that he did get were in the key moments. Like, you know, like, it's one of those things where you're looking for any positives. And I said this on Twitter, like we'll go through this as well, but on the pitching side of things, the most encouraging thing from this series, in my opinion, is that you started to see some guys settle in, in the pen. Andrew Kittredge looked, you know, like a guy who belongs. That's great to see. Jeffrey Springs, same thing. Um, you start going down the list of guys that they have in the pen. Now that you can sort of lean on, Yes, there's some worrisome ones like Castillo's performance, uh, which, you know, you're always, you're going to have against great lineups, uh, some duds uh, that are going to come out. So it's not like uh, all of a sudden you have to give up on them, but it does point to overusage. It does point to uh, some vulnerabilities sometimes, 
So you want to make sure that you mitigate those things. But in in my opinion, the one bright spot of this series on the pitching side of things was Colin McHugh. Three innings, two yep. strikeouts, only giving up four hits after his worrisome performance in Miami. I love it. The fact that he came in and bounced back showed you that it might have been just first game jitters. It might have been, you know, getting back into the routine, which was mm-hmm. great. And look, in my opinion, Yarborough's start was not terrible of a start. The defense hurt him. Three of his runs were unearned. Yes, he yeah. gave up six earned, but three of his runs were unearned. And there were some... I'm never a guy who likes to blame the umpires, but the officiating in this series was spotty at best, Matt. Horrific. Horrific. And New York as well takes the blame. Let's, I, I'm let's gonna... go to that Randy Rosarena catch in left in, in right field where he makes the catch. They say it hit the fan, but then the one that bounces off the wall into the glove, you're going to tell me that that was an out? Yeah. Come on. When Come you on, have New York. the video evidence, you have to be better. If you're MLB, like, honestly, wake up. Because people know, they can see it. There's no more judging like, oh, we saw it better than you did. No, everybody saw it the same way. You can't have a ball come off the wall, have somebody catch it, and then call it an out when you have the video evidence of it. Same thing with Randy Rosarena. You have him making the catch, and it says clearly in the rules that if there's fan interference, it's up to the umpires to say, well, was it actually caught, number one? And, and if he did interfere, then they can also call it an out. So there's two ways they can call it an out. The only way that they can't call it an out is if they don't want the race to get the out, which, I mean, it's just a ridiculous thing. Yes. I've never seen a, a, a call like that where, where the umpires have fan interference and they go against the team that was at the plate. It doesn't happen. And, and, let, me, and let me put it to you this way too. In my opinion – that threw off Yarborough's momentum because he was coming out of the gate very strong. Then you took that three-minute delay there to go to replay or however long it was, and then he didn't look the same after that. You're throwing off not only a pitcher's momentum, but the outcome of a game due to your lack of knowledge, it's bullshit. And it's not just that. There was a, a time, you can go back and look, where uh, Christian Vasquez called for time really late, and he gave yes. it to- and, and and that like those kind of, of mental stressors can get to a guy. I'm not saying they did or didn't. What I'm saying is that you add all of those things up over time and the team starts feeling like death by paper cuts. And, and especially when they're not doing that great to begin with, there's some defensive plays that the Rays have to clean up. Like they, they just do. Cause if they don't clean those up, they're in a world of hurt. It's, As stupid as it sounds, you say it in Little League High School College, got to go back to the fundamentals. You got to make the fundamental plays, and then those spectacular plays will happen. But you got to go back to the fundamentals. I do want to say something about that, though. Like, it's early in the season. It's cold. Guys are not actually uh, in a groove yet. They're not, like, everything is is sort of mechanical more than instincts, right, at this point. So I'm going to give them credit for that, and then I'm going to hope that it gets better. Yeah, and, and the last thing I'll say on the defense is, so far, Willie Adamas does not look like the Willie Adamas we've known at short. He looks very rocky over there playing the defensive shortstop position. I, I want to go deeper into Willie Adamas. Probably the most worrisome thing I saw him do was hit that ball towards the monster and dog it out of the box. If he has Wander Frank and Taylor Walls snipping at his heels and this is the kind of player he's going to be he needs to wake up because he won't be on the raise very long 
And I'm sorry, he can be as great a guy, a happy guy, as easygoing as can be. Wake up. You've got to start hitting and you've got to start playing balls to the wall. Because if not, you're not going to be on this team much longer and fans are not going to remember you for all those kinds of things. They're going to remember you for the dogging it out of the box. Willie Adamas, Adamas, Yoshi Sutsugo, and Kevin Kiermeyer all have their butts on a hot seat right now. Yoshi Sutsugo might be the one that's a little more in balance, but we saw Padlo come up and I was happy with what I saw from Padlo. I was very happy with what we saw from him. But you've also got a Joey Wendell's hitting great. You got Mike Brasso who can play your position. G-Man Choi is going to come up. You got Diaz who can play your position if you're Yoshi Sutsugo. You're talking about Kevin Kiermaier, Margot, Phillips, Arosa Reina, all these guys who want your position. You've also got Josh Lowe, who I'm surprised they didn't call up when Kiermaier went down, to be completely honest with you. But I understand why they didn't. But I was still a little surprised. And then if you're William Thomas, like you mentioned, you've got Walls. You've got Franco. Even if you want to go a step further, if they're going to move Wendell, they can move Wendell to short and you can bring up a guy like Fidal Bruhan and, and do a, a weird defensive switch. You've got so many guys, if you're Willie Adamas and Kevin Kiermaier right now, that you need to start playing like a professional. You need to start playing like a big leaguer and watch your ass. Right. Well, it comes to playing hard. I don't remember in 2020 at any point sitting there and going, this team's not playing hard enough. Like they were having fun but they were playing hard. And, and those two things need to go hand in hand. And, and I don't know if it's a sense of entitlement because we made it to the World Series, if he's relaxed because he thinks that they're just going to win, but he's got to snap out of it. And, and it's early, so he has the chance to do it because you've got maybe two more weeks. He's got two weeks to impress the Rays brass enough that they can't call up prospects until then. At that point, game is open. So it's Let's- up to him to make that impact. One thing that I want to talk about and sort of take a look at as well, real quick. Let's also point out the fact that this Rays team needs to be better. The last time they made it to the World Series, they missed the playoffs the next season. That cannot happen this season, Matt. And, and I, know, I know there's a ton of other things that can happen, but to me, it's a disappointment if you miss the playoffs this year. Well, I, I want to relax that aspect for now because – we're, we're still two games away. Like if, if the Rays beat the Yankees in the first game of the series coming up, they're tied with the Yankees. Like there's no sense of urgency yet. It's just that you don't want it to become a trend. That no, it, to a sense of urgency. And right? I know I'm being a guy who's looking ahead and mind you, that's our job as reporters. Our <laughs> job is to pretend like shit's hitting the fan. You know what I mean? As, as guys who run a podcast, we have to be realistic, but we also can, can play shit to the fan. And Rich Hill said it. You can't win a championship in April, but you sure as hell can lose it. And, right. and that's something the Rays have to look at. Now, Matt, I want to look at a, uh, one Rays guy who's no longer a Rays guy who's absolutely killing it, Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe. Nate Lowe's killing it in Texas. I'm so happy for him. Like, honestly, like I, we, we talk about like Jake Cronenworth and Nate Lowe and people will say, oh, they shouldn't have traded them, blah, blah, blah. Like the Rays had a lot of success without Jake Cronenworth last year. I don't want to say that this, the success would have been different with the Rays. You have to look at who's pitching to Nate Lowe too, right? Like the guys that he's doing damage off of are not elite. I'm just going to say that. I'm gonna, but I am extremely happy that he's doing well. I hope that he's doing well. Nick Solak's doing well as well with the Rangers. Let's just say between Nick Solak and Nate Lowe, they're carrying my fantasy baseball team right now. So I'm (laughs) loving it. I'm loving it. That's awesome. (laughs) Let's go ahead and take a look ahead to this Yankees series. We're going to start with the home opener 
tomorrow, Friday, April 9th, it's going to be Rich Hill taking the mound for the Rays. Matt, you got to be excited if you're a Rays fan. You got to hope that Rich Hill can bounce back after his rough outing in Miami. You got to expect good things from this team. And you got to hope that having fans back in the stands in your own corner, because Boston is not an easy place to play, even with the, even with the, you know, small amount of fans, they're going to be facing Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber, I think is washed up to be honest with you. And I think what the Rays need to do, get on him, get on him early because this bullpen is not built to survive a lot of innings. On Corey Kluber, I would say that he, I don't exactly put him as, as washed up. I, he can be extremely effective start to start. It's just the holding up aspect that he might not. And the, the Rays can certainly do enough damage that, that, that he starts putting questions in his own head. To me, that's the thing they have to do in the first series of the Yankees is put a lot of doubt in the Yankees' minds. The Yankees in 2020 had to have a closed-door meeting because they were doing so bad for the first portion of the season. Well, the Rays can help them do that again <laughs> or need that again if they start putting pressure on the Yankees by, by accumulating the losses. Let's say the Rays are able to take two of three, for example. All of a sudden, the Yankees are near the bottom of the division, and they start looking at themselves. They're, they're already starting to blame Gleyber Torres for, for his throws at shortstop, um, and Aaron Judge is already hurt. So the more question marks you put in the Yankees' heads, the better it is for the Rays. So getting to Kluber would be ideal, but Rich Hill, if he's going to speak up the way that he did, he needs to perform as well, right? Yeah. So in your opinion, what are you expecting from Rich Hill and and then the guys following him up in the series from Rich Hill, what I expect is for it to calm down. He had his first appearance, and I think we're going to see something similar to like what we saw with McHugh. The fact that he's now calmed down, he's back to himself. He didn't look terrible in his outing, to be honest with you. He, I think it's again the defense struggled, and the same thing with Archer. Meadows made two misplays out there that could have gotten Archer out of things in his, and we'll talk about him in a minute. I think, you know, I want to see four to five innings from Hill of one to two run baseball. I think that's the key to keeping the Rays in the game because we know the bats can show up. They've done it. The thing is, is now they need to do it again. And I think they can do it. If Rich Hill gives you five innings of two run baseball, you got to be happy with the spot that puts you in because of what the bullpen can do. And I know the bullpen's a little hurt, a little, you know, overused is what you want to call it. But I think the Rays right now, are lining up for a good matchup in this series against the Yankees. You're getting favorable pitching matchups, if you're asking me. Yeah, well, they're getting the three weaker of, of, of the groups, right? So they're going to get Jordan Montgomery at the end of the series, which is not an easy task for, for the way that he's pitched in spring and, and early on this year. Um, Domingo Herman, I... <laughs> I was expecting him to fall flat when he came out. And, and I, you know, I think that's, that's the game that they have to win, in my opinion, because it's the easiest one to win um, of the three. Kluber can shut them down maybe for th- four or five innings, but they can do damage against him as well. But the bats need to show up. They need to be consistent. And Chris Archer, I'm hoping, can, can look a lot better as well. Like you said, for, for Rich Hill and Colin McHugh, if he can have that same kind of settling down, and maybe not having an opener is going to be enough. Maybe being the first guy stepping on is going to be that difference that he needs. He, yeah. he did come out after that game and say it was odd not being the first guy out. It He's willing to help the team in any way, but it did 
the preparation was different. I'm hoping so, we see a lot of change-ups from Chris. I think I really he needs to go to the change-up. That's a key. He, the change-up looked good when he threw it. He just needs to throw it more often. And I think what will help is I think we'll probably see Mike Zanino in two of the, out of the three games as the catcher. I think he'll catch Rich Hill, and I think he'll catch Chris Archer. And I think he's probably the best game. He's a better game caller than Mejia. I, I can't read it because I don't know what they're putting down. So if I'm going to guess that yes, because he has more experience, but um, yeah, you can never really tell. Now game three, Jordan Montgomery is going to toss for the Yankees. Rays are still technically to be determined. Is it going to be Tyler Glass now's turn in the rotation at that point? This is the frustrating part. This is where Josh Fleming should be pitching to be quite honest. And, and the fact that he can't is, is so frustrating because you want the Rays to be set up for success. So now they're stuck between a choice of rushing one or rushing the other. And that's never ideal, especially in the long season. They've been talking about this long season forever. So I'm almost hoping for a bullpen game. I'm hoping Colin McHugh can take it at the beginning. And then they can go from there and piece it together. Maybe Cody Reed gets two innings. Maybe Andrew Kittredge gets two innings. And, and just go from there. Because they got the off day today. The problem with that is that then it, it, it actually, it hurts them going forward. They have so, they don't have off days after that, but they do have the opportunity to option some guys down and bring some up. So maybe that's the route they go. They start burning some guys and then doing a couple of swaps down the road. Who's the first guy the Rays call up? I think it has to be Josh Fleming. It's got to be that first name. Either him or McClanahan has got to be that first name on the phone. I honestly cannot tell you <laughs> the, the Rays are, are so concentrated. It seems on control time uh, that it wouldn't surprise me to see Drew Strawman come up and be the guy that they go on. Uh, Brent Honeywell could be the first call up. You could, depending on how he looks and feels to me, he'd be ideal because he's hungry. He wants to prove, you know, the, the limelight is not going to harm him. So if he's pitching anyway, if he's making pitches, might as well be at the major league level and show you what he's got. Honestly, I mean, that's that's what you want to see. I mean, if I'm the Rays, why not Honeywell? To, to be completely honest with you, why not Honeywell? I think that's your best case scenario right now would be bring up a guy like that who's young and hungry because you're going to be facing what when they're finally able to call guys up, you'll be finishing up the Texas series. You'll be going to New York, going to Kansas City, and then hosting the Blue Jays. Those are the three series after this New York series. The those are, I mean, against the Royals, you're playing. Let, let's look at it again. Against the Royals, you're playing three. You need to take two out of three from Kansas City if you're the Rays. And and, and that's where, I, I know it's early, but teams like the Royals you, are, are teams you need to take, take games from. You just want to keep, start building momentum at winning series. If they take two out of three against the Yankees, That'll settle them down a little bit. They take two or three, like you said, against the Royals. That settles them down a little bit more. And then they have the Jays coming up as well. So they, you want the, the team to feel like it's building momentum. And I do think that they're starting to recognize what the team has to offer and they're piecing it together. We don't get to see that from the outside. All we get to do is look at the six games that they have played with a lot of issues. But when you look around the American League, there's a lot of teams that have more serious issues in the race. Tim Anderson is on the IL. Uh, you have Oakland that's dealing with their closer actually being out. And Elvis Andrews is giving them nothing at shortstop. Um, you have a whole bunch of teams out there that, that were supposed to be contenders and are dealing with huge issues. So 
There's nothing, no reason to panic yet. The Rays are generally healthy. Yes, the pen is taking a licking, but they have guys to, to kind of fill that in down the road. So I'm not panicking yet at all. Actually, I'm doing quite the opposite. I'm looking at what can they add? And I threw this out there on Twitter. I want to get your thoughts on it. But I said, I know, that, and the reason he came up is because he got hurt, actually. Like he had a cramp, I think, going in, in the first. So he might have a hamstring issue, might not. There's no word on the severity of it. So I do want to put the caveat there that as long as there's no serious injury and it's not like it would happen right now but within the next couple of weeks maybe even a month or two if the Rays can somehow trade for Kettle Marte and bring him over from the D-backs I think that him and the Rose Arena within the core of that lineup would be ideal he's a switch hitter hits the ball hard low strikeout rates uh, gets enough walks, has a lot of speed. He can fit in either at second base, center field, or shortstop when you need it. Um, and, and he's just one of those guys that shows up every game and would make the Rays lineup a lot tougher to navigate through. And I don't think that the price would be as steep as you think. Now, finance-wise, I think it fits because he, he's not making huge money. He's just making uh, under what KK is making. So with KK's contract coming off the books eventually – he kind of takes over that slot and Tatsugo's contract is due uh, to expire at the end of this year. And so that pretty much mitigates that exact value. So I don't know if you think that's a possibility or if he's the right piece, but to me, he's an intriguing guy that they should be looking at closely. He's an intriguing guy. And I think it would be nice to see a guy like that. I mean, my ideal guy is someone the Rays would never get because of his interdivision. I'd love to see Anthony Santander in this Rays lineup. I think he's he's not as versatile as Marte, but I think he brings to me, he knows the AL East already, plus he brings a, a guy who knows what the struggle is like. And in my opinion, I think he'd fit really nicely into this team and into that outfield. And you can give Meadows more DH opportunities because we saw that Meadows is not the best defender out there. Well, who are you taking out? If you have, if you have, a, if you acquire a corner outfielder, then you're taking out either Randy Rosarena or Manuel Margot or Brandon Lau. So, or you're trading or you're trading Kevin Kiermeyer away because that name has been hot. Well, I, I'm not I'm not having Kevin Kiermeyer in, in center with this lineup, the way I'm saying. The no, way I'm saying it is Margot's in center or in the in the, the corners, depending on who's playing center. But it's either going to be Randy or Mar- Manuel Margot in center or Bet Phillips, right? So and, and there are so many different things that can happen. And, and like every Rays fan has said for 12 seasons, give me Joey Gallo. Give me, give me Joey Gallo. Give me that power lefty in the middle of this lineup. You put Brandon Lau, Randy Rosarena, jo- Joey Gallo, Austin Meadows. <laughs> that's, that, <laughs> that's tough. That, Joey, that's tough, Joey, Matt. Joey Gallo was on a lot of people's lists, and Texas was not selling low on them last year. I think he would cost you a lot more than, than people expect, Probably. Is, you know, rightfully so for, but he's also a more swing and miss guy than Ketel Marte. I think Ketel Marte is the right guy because he'll get you hits in the playoffs. Joey Gallo, eh, he's a lot like a lot of the Yankees guys who will go through stretches in the playoffs against the best pitching where he's not giving you much. So I, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the playoffs. I want guys that can put the ball in play against the best pitchers out there. So I, I, like I looked it. at Matt Chapman as well, but I just think third base, being an infielder, like 
the Rays have so much depth at infield, it didn't really make much sense to give up what Oakland would want for him. I, I, it makes sense to me. So, Matt, let's go ahead and take a look at, you know, some, some standings look. Obviously, it's early. Guys, we know it's early. Baltimore leading the line at 4-2. and two. Boston, New York, and Toronto all tied at 3-3. Three and three. Rays at the bottom of the division at 2-4. and four. Don't read too much into it. That's all we're going to say about it right now. Matt, let's move on to the segment picks to click. I forgot to write down who we both picked last week or last episode. So now I'm going to type them up for this episode. And starting this week, we're going to sort of have standings each week between you and I. And if we ever have a guest on, we'll throw them in as well. However, I do know you picked both Glasnow and uh, Christian Vasquez, who both had really good series. Yeah. And I had Manuel Margot as well as on the hitting side. Yeah. But yeah. The, the, those picks worked out, but my raise sweeping the Red Sox sure didn't. <laughs> it went the complete opposite way. Hey, there you go. So let's start off. We're going to do the same thing each week, guys, just so you expect, or every episode, I should say, because it's not necessarily every week. You're going to give me a, in picks to click, you're going to give me a pitcher, a hitter, the opponent that's the, a guy on the opponent's team that's going to have a good series. Uh, and as well as what you think this series, how it's going to end up. So if that makes sense to you, we'll go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's start, Matt. We'll both go. We'll, we'll go back and forth with this. Matt, let's start with your pitcher to click. Who's going to be your pitcher to click in this series? I think um, Rich Hill is going to have a good start. I, I'm with you with what you said before where he's going to – he, he, he wasn't as um, hard up as what the stats might look like on his first start. And I think he was making some key pitches at, towards the end of his start. So I'm going to say he's going to have a really solid start in this series. I like it. I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to take Chris Archer to be the, uh, to be the pitcher. I think coming back to the trop in front of the trop home fans, now that he's got those jitters out of the way, I think he's poised for a great start, especially against the Yankees lineup who – Chris Archer is a Yankee killer, and he has been his whole career, and I think that's a key for his success. Now let's jump over to the hitter side. I'll take the first one here. I'm going to go ahead with my hitter for the series. I don't know how much he's going to hit in the series, but I'm still going to take him. I think he's going to continue his hot streak. I'm going Francisco Mejia. I think Mejia looked really good in the Boston series in the at-bats he got, and I'm hoping he'll get a few DH at-bats, if not catch and getting at bat in at least all three games. I've got Francisco Mejia as my hitter to watch. I'm going Randy Rosarena. Uh, I think that he hasn't hit his first home run yet. I think that he's going to want to light it up against the, the Yankees. He's going to be zoned in. And Corey Kluber is somebody that I think um, Randy could have a lot of success against. Same thing with uh, Jordan Montgomery. So that's who I'm going with. Matt, give me your player on the Yankees who's going to have a good series against the race. So one of the guys that I've always hated watching on the Yankees against the race for whatever reason is Aaron Hicks. I, I think that he's really going to be somebody that he, he hits third for them. And then the Rays tend to be able to mitigate DJ LeMahieu a little bit. Uh, but Aaron Hicks always seems to do damage. So I'm going to say he's the guy that, that hurts the Rays the most this series. See, for me, I'm not exactly sure where to go here. So I'm going to go with the guy who I don't want to see do damage, but I think will. I'm going to go Gio Urshela over there at third base. I think he 
He hasn't really hit his stride this season, but I think he can hit it against the Rays because he was one of their better hitters in the playoffs for against the Rays. So I'm going to go with Gio Urshela as my guy to go against. Matt, what do you think this series is going to end up at games-wise? Who's going to take two or three? Is there going to be a sweep? What are we expecting? I'm This time I'm going to lean two games for the Rays, one for the Yankees. I think the, the second game is going to be a hard one for the Rays to win. Um, but... Uh, or sorry, the, the the last game is going to be the one that's hard for the race to win. And, and uh, so I think that's the way it's going to work out. They win the first two, drop the last. I'm going to go ahead and go raise with two as well. One, I'm, I'm on a similar idea to you as what's going to happen. However, I do think if the Rays offense shows up like we know they can, I think they could potentially see – a sweep. I think I think it's possible against this Yankees team, especially with this bullpen. Now, Matt, I want to ask you one more question here before before we go. And this is going to be each week we're going to have a special question and pick to click as sort of a tiebreaker question. So that way it's an odd number. Here's my question to you. In this three game set against the Rays, here's uh, we're going to call this part the special question. So the special question this week is going to be. How many runs are the Rays going to score against Corey Kluber? That's going to be our special question for this week. How many runs will Corey Kluber give up to the Rays? Four. You're going to say four runs? Yeah. I'm going to say he's going to give up five against the Rays. I think he's going to get knocked early. I think he's going to go about four innings, giving up five runs, and it's going to set the table for the Rays for the rest of this series. Uh, As long as they're scoring runs. (laughs) Happy. Honestly, I put a flatline tweet out because that's what was the offense, not the way it felt at times. So that's all I want to see is I want to see some action. I want to see consistency. I want to see some hits. Get get the bats going, boys. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, I will mention this again. We do have a Twitter that you can reach out to us. It's at In the Tank TV. We'd love to answer your guys' questions for the next episode. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys what you thought about the Yankee series what you're expecting from the Yankee series, all that fun stuff. Make sure if you haven't already, you drop us a follow, you you drop us a question or two. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to answer some of your questions. Yes, Matt. I want to say, what do you think happens if a Chapman comes up and Mike Brossel gets in as a pinch hitter? I hate to say it this way because I don't want to be that guy. He's going to take one right into the ribs. Really? You think? I think well, the benches think, are clearing if that happens. I think Chapman is still pissed off that I think he takes one to the ribs. I, well, why and, not? It only cost him two games the last time. Hey, if I'm the Rays and Aroldis Chapman comes up, no matter who's in the lineup, I don't care if it's a Rosarena, Meadows, and Lau. Mike, if I'm Kevin Cash, I'm going, Brasso, go put on a helmet, go stand in that batter's box. You know they're going to want to hit you. Go go get us a free base and let's put some runners on. I you know I have to wonder even even though he had success right when you're Mike Brasso and you go out there in this series against Chapman let's say he does what is going through your brain in that moment like you have the zing that you avoided you have the moment that you had against them afterwards like there's so many emotions in my head in my head it's watch out for 102 to my head. So the reason I, <laughs> that's what's going through my avoid 102 to the to the head. 
The reason I mentioned that is because to me, that's one of the things you can look for in this series that could spark this team. If, if for some reason the role is Chapman and Mike Brosso gets a matchup again and he has success against them again, that can get the team back into a sink and the groove and go forward, right? I, I agree 1,000%. And it'll be a fun series to watch no matter what. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next time. We'll sort of break down what happened in this Yankees series. We'll preview the Texas series, which I think is going to be a fun series with the return of Nick Solak as well as Nate Lowe. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned on all of our channels for that. Matt, any last words before we head off? Oh, hopefully we get to enjoy this series more than we did the last one. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Rays fans, remember, stay safe, stay healthy, stay Remember, we're Rays fans. Stay within your own heads. Let's not, you know, overreact. It is six games into a season. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of In the Tank. We thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time to break down this Yankee series. Hopefully, the Rays have a little bit better of a series. Rays up. Mm-hmm.